When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, let's go. Right. Have we said anything funny? Episode 224 of 20 Minute Tims, and I am your host Jamie, joined by Stephen. Glad to be here, glad to be here. And Melly. Yes, also glad to be here. And the tremendous trio of Celtic podcasting are, well, we're back after the yeah, international break, after my, little, after my little break off. I heard the nasty things you were all saying about me, <laughs> but the, 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 team are, the team are back. I edited out the worst ones, to be honest with <laughs> you. Good. <laughs> You know by now that this podcast is brought to you and made possible by the support that we get over at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims. On there we cover absolutely everything to do with Celtic from scouting to pre-match live shows to post-match reaction to the history of Celtic. Loads of great Celtic coverage, loads of great Celtic features from about the price of, well far too cheap, for about two quid a month it starts and it's... Re- oh, there's no doubt about it, we're selling ourselves short there. I, my idea originally was to make it £1,000 a month, but we compromised... Well, you talked me down from £100,000 right. a month. <laughs> so, but we met, in, we met, we met in the, and Melly wanted to make everything free, so we met in the middle and started yeah. it at two quid a month. Look, yes. I'm not going to do the hard sell. I don't even know how to sell our Patreon. Just go and check it out. You'll feel great, it's terrific, you'll enjoy it. Um, Indeed. Whilst we're on the subject of enjoying things, if you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon, you want to help us out in another way, you can do that by leaving us a wonderful five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to, whether it's Podcast Addict or Android or even Apple Podcasts. And every single week, we are rewarding the person who leaves us the best review with a superb prize, a solid gold, 20-minute Tim's (laughs) pin badge. Stephen's laughing because it's not really solid gold. And we will announce the winner of that prize every week and we do it at the end of the podcast. It's, it's only the best. It is solid gold, 24 karat gold from Elizabeth Duke. Very um, exclusive <laughs> manufacturers yeah. of the 20 Minute Tim's gold badge. So if you want one of those, you want to help us out, and you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon, you can check out and leave us a review on iTunes. That's tremendously helpful. Now we can get into the guts of it, Melly. Shane Duffy, the much hyped, the most hyped transfer of the transfer window, Shane Duffy arrived at Parker's last week. <laughs> <laughs> Head that out, Steve. Head that uh, out. Be clicking. <laughs> Click, listen to all those clicks as people just delete this episode right now. That, this is the controversy. The, the controversy the, over the phrase Parker's. Yes, the controversy that's sweeping Celtic fandom. Uh, some people have taken to calling the home of our beloved Celtic 
Parker's instead of Parkhead. It's revolting. And people are losing their shit. And I want an empty right now. I want an absolute... I quite like it because it's a bam up. You just throw it in. It's like rolling a big grenade in and people go mental. But we need to not... Do you know who I blame? I blame contributor to our podcast and owner of massive Celtic Twitter account, Celtic Vines. He goes by Celtic Vines on Twitter. I blame him. I'm putting the blame at his door. He's been tweeting this for years and it's his fault. (laughs) Look, deal with it. It's Parker's now. If you don't like it, you can piss off to old <laughs> old, old Traffers, old Traffers or uh, Anfers down south. Right, I'm bringing it back to Shane Duffy. This, this is nonsense. <laughs> if you would, if you would. Right. Absolutely delighted to get the big man in. As yeah. usual with Celtic, it took far, far too long, but he's in. And even the sign when he was on duty with Republic Island and do his mm. wee interview in his Republic Island top annoyed some people, which adds to it, but... A great signing for Celtic, got him in, and it's exactly what we need back there. Exactly what we need. How often do we say that we need a an established international in the sort of 26 to 29 age range mm. that's going to go straight into the team? How often do we say that? We, we've said every it for season. every Yeah, every season, every transfer window for the last however many seasons we've been, we've been doing this dog and pony show. Um, the... <laughs> But exactly, Melly, it's the ideal signing. Someone who, as we'll discuss uh, later in this, has slotted straight into the team a full international, a captain of his international team, no less, and you know, ticks basically every box you would ask for in a, an immediate Celtic signing, someone who goes straight into the team. If you want the full full lowdown with all the data and scouting about Shane Duffy, we've produced that podcast over on the Patreon, as we do for every Celtic player that signs. So we go back and watch footage of their career, we dig through the data, and we produce a scouting podcast along with a professional scout that we've hired to tell you exactly what to expect from Celtic's new signing. But, Stephen, I don't think there's any doubt Melee as well, that Shane Duffy is exactly the sort of calibre of defender that we've been crying out for. Not only is he the calibre of defender, and we'll, we'll get to how well he was doing in the Premier League before, um, but he's the, the type of defender. You know, for the longest time on this podcast, I've been talking about, I, I want the Ferdinand and Vidic. Mm, uh, and, yeah. and what I felt we had in our team was maybe two Ferdinands. Not as good as Rio Ferdinand, obviously, but we had two guys who are quite nice on the ball, like to pass it, like to play out a bit, but we needed a to quote Jose Mourinho in All or Nothing, we needed a Jose. bastard. Yes. Jose, yeah, sorry, Jose Mourinho. We needed a bastard at the back, didn't yes. we? We needed a big bastard that does the dirty work, and that's what we've got here, Melly. We've got a big Fenian bastard at the back, and it's delightful, <laughs> man. Absolutely delightful. No, it's exactly what we need. We've been crying out for it, and when you look back, we'll look back on the, the transfer window and say, well, have we improved? And is Shane Duffy an improvement on Jozo Simonovic? I'll leave that up to the listeners to decide, but I think we all know <laughs> the answer. Tremendous signing, a guy that's playing in the Premier League for a long time now, captain of his country, Stephen said, ideal centre-half and it gives us the option as we've seen at the weekend to go with a back three that we haven't really had this season because we don't really have the personnel and an instant impact from him as well at the at the back and up front so it all looks great and it's, look, it's a guy maybe Celtic didn't scout because he's maybe out of our price range but the fact that he was a boyhood Celtic fan played in our favour here and we got him in delighted to have got him in brilliant signing it represents probably the lowest level of gamble that Celtic can possibly yeah. afford to bring in and mm. I, I know every single every single signing no matter who you are rep- represents something of a gamble you never know how well or or otherwise someone is going to settle into a league a club a country or whatever but Shane Duffy I, I cannot see him for a single second being at all daunted or put off by anything he's going to come up, up against in Scotland no this, this is totally different completely different 
in every sense of the word to going out and signing a 19 year old from let's say Switzerland or something like that someone who shows a lot What's of wrong promise with well no, just like <laughs> from where you <laughs> yeah, well, just pick your country then pick your country that isn't definitely better than Scotland is what I'm getting at here it's totally different to going out and signing a quote-unquote project from from a far-flung European country and bringing them in with the hope of developing and selling on. I'm not against that side of the the plan, the model that Celtic approach. I think that has to exist as well. But Shane Duffy coming from, regardless of what you think of it, a far higher level than he's going to come up against in Scotland. That I don't think that's deniable. He comes from a, a country where he plays for a a decent team, but a struggling team. A team where defence is of paramount importance to somewhere like Brighton. And he came from Blackburn prior to that. He is he plays against guys like Sergio Aguero in the past. He's played against Romelu Lukaku. All these guys, like all these tremendous strikers, Alexis Sanchez and all that going back a wee bit. He's played against all these guys. So to plant him into Scotland, yes, it represents a different challenge for him and, and the pressures that come with Celtic are different to that. But what I'm getting at is he's just he's not going to be phased by coming up against the type of striker that he's likely the caliber of striker, and it's no disrespect to these guys, but this guy coming into Celtic has seen it all before. He's absolutely seen it all and done it all in his career. So I'm I'm delighted with that. I'm I'm perfectly happy with it because for the most part, when a Celtic signing comes in, you just don't really know how he's going to adjust to it. No such concerns with Shane Duffy whatsoever. I'm going to take a slightly different tack to you, Stephen, and I do mean disrespect to the bums in this league. <laughs> Shane Duffy's right. going to pocket these bums week in, <laughs> week out. He, they'll be up at Shane Duffy's house washing his car by the end of the season. That's a, that's the only <laughs> chance they're going to get close to Shane Duffy. Because as you say, this isn't a guy that, you know, although he's fallen out of favour slightly with Brighton now, he was the, he was a rock at the centre of their defence for a for a, for yeah, a yeah. decent mm-hmm. amount a, a decent amount of time coming up against real quality opposition. I just don't see now this could be famous last words and we're very good at that on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I don't see how she, I don't see how Shane Duffy feels at Celtic. Another reason that I don't see how he feels is by all accounts, everything you read and what you've seen about him so far, he seems to have the right attitude. He's he's yeah. like a winner, he's yeah, got yeah. a good character. And this is something that like you can look at the stats of Shane Duffy. And Shane Duffy's stats on paper aren't as good as what we've got just now. But you've got to remember the quality of opposition he was playing against, oh, yeah, right? 100%. So you, fa- you factor that in. But also what you can't equate for in stats is what he brings as a character to the dressing room and how important that is. And it's, you know, Neil Lennon has said that he lost Michael Lustig and Johnny Hayes. Whatever we think of these guys as footballers, as, as what they do on the day-to-day, they were massive characters, they were massive parts of the dressing room. And when these things leave, you need to, you need to adjust that dynamic a wee bit and bringing in Shane Duffy definitely does that. And another thing I just want to say is I'm glad Duffy joined because the amount of times we've heard of players that, that grew up in Ireland and grew up Celtic fans and, you know, Damien Duff was one, you know, Damien Duff came and done a great job for the coaching staff, but his famous line was, oh, it never panned out, I really wish I could have played for Celtic. You could have at any point, Damien Duff. If, yep. You know what I mean? Like, you were a tremendous player, but you, you just had yeah. such a, you, had, you were making so much money and you were so successful down south that you never thought to, to come to Celtic. Yeah, you know, any of those moves, key. he could have, he got he his had agent a great on the career. phone. It's not, yeah, he had a great ah, career outside yeah. the Celtic, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, what, what I'm saying is at no point, you know, when he was moving between clubs did he get the agent on the phone and say, look, tell Celtic I'll take 20 grand a week or 18 Aye. grand a week, I just want to play. But the, the point I'm making is, although Shane Duffy hasn't made that sacrifice, he's actually made it. He's actually come in, a bit like Robbie Keane. He's like, right, okay, mm, yeah. I've got the opportunity. And there were Premier League clubs in for Shane Duffy. There was lots of competition down south, but he wanted to come to us and that's just a huge bonus for me as well. You want guys that want to be here, Melly. We do, and it looks like he does. It's the, 
it's a guy that we're getting. It seems like a, a sort of Martin O'Neill signing. We're getting a guy in the peak of his career. We're not getting Shane Duffy when he's 32, 33, 34. His pace is gone. He's coming at a really good age. He's got everything, as you said, and he's just going to slot straight in there. And within a couple of weeks, it'll be as if he's been here for his lifetime, probably. He wants to be here. He's made the sacrifice. He's came. He can't say anything bad about the guy. And to come in for his first game, just seamlessly slot in there. It's that leadership we maybe lack outside of Scott Brown with, as you said, Lustig going, Tierney going. These guys, we don't see what they do behind the scenes. But Shane Duffy coming in, it just brings the standards up that wee bit higher as well. This is how confident I am in Shane Duffy uh, being a successful oh, Celtic. This is how confident I am. I have... I've made a tit of myself on this podcast before being no, overly positive. Really? <laughs> never, yeah. never. Yeah, in this specific way, I've made a tit of myself. Oh. Not not about all the other times I've made a tit, but I've been I've I've been uh, I've two footed new signings far too much in the past that I've been overly positive about almost every player that has come to the club, with the exception of maybe one or two that like even I couldn't muster up the the enthusiasm for Nadia Chifji being one of them. But mm. by and large, I am overly positive about new signings until they prove me otherwise. So I kind of thought this season, I'm not going to do that. Do you know what? I'm, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut until they prove, <laughs> prove themselves. But that, that's how confident I am. I'm willing to go out on a limb here and be, prepare to make a tit of myself again, being overly positive about a new signing. I just cannot for the life of me seen, uh, see Shane Duffy failing at Celtic. And the great thing was we didn't have to wait too long, Melly, to see him. The big man was in, made his debut against Ross County. What first of all, before we talk about how he got on in the game and all that sort of stuff, what did you make of the lineup? What did you make of the way Celtic set up that day? Yeah, really impressed. We spoke about it on the match preview and the match reaction. You looked at that lineup and went, Oh yes, here we go. Mm-hmm. The one maybe standout thing is James Forrest playing at left wing backs, the only downside to the team, but happy enough with the rest of the team. And it's not just the starting 11 that you're impressed with now, as we've seen since really our last game, uh, Tumble didn't come on, but just two signings, the options it gives us now, we didn't have Griffiths on the bench, no Rogic or near beat on, but the bench still look really strong, and it's just those wee perceptions that just getting good quality players in, just raises the standards all over, delighted we're going back to the 3-5-2 now, I think it's the way to go away from home, and possibly at home, but getting the two strikers up front, they've been scoring goals, but they haven't had a real chance to play together. And I thought getting the 3-5-2 allowing maybe McGregor and Champy head forward, Brown just sitting there and the back three, just, it was pretty solid throughout. A 5-0 win in the end is tremendous, but within the, within the performance and within all the different areas of the pitch, I still think we can play it a lot better. And imagine yeah. what we're going to do when we do that. Yeah. It's going to be tremendous, absolutely tremendous. One curiosity I found the Stephen at the lineup was, and I was I was very very happy with it. But I, I I thought that perhaps Edward he played in the more advanced role with Albion Ayeti sort of playing off him in the sort of ten. Right. T- to me, I thought maybe switching those would have made a bit more sense with with Possibly. Edward sort of dropping deeper and Ayeti staying forward. I think they're both the type of player who who is capable of dropping a bit deeper. We know from a Yeti's past, not at Celtic yet because he prior to this he hadn't started the game yet, but he has played wide right on occasion. Whereas we know, well, for over the period of his Celtic career, that Edward likes to drop off to the left and and drift in, sort of Thierry Henry style, if you will. Mm. Um, so they are both capable of it. I wonder if that's going to be the idea going forward, or whether you might see them sort of interchanging their roles a little bit because. 
we know that they both can drop off a wee bit and we know that they can both score goals from, from the evidence we've been presented with with Ayeti so far. Merely something you mentioned there about how Celtic can can play better than that. Uh, just as a, a kind of brief summary of the game before we, we move too far on. I found myself agreeing with Neil Lennon on the, on the overall performance. He said it was a good performance and not great. And I thought yeah. you, that that's true, but I don't use that as a criticism, merely as a an acceptance that Celtic can be better than that. And, oh, yes. and that's that's a good thing. That's not like, you may be tempted to read that as me saying, "Oh, Celtic weren't very good." If it was a good but not a great performance, but the, the they've definitely got a gear above that. The first half wasn't great. I didn't think the first half was particularly great. I thought that um, Ross County would probably have been kicking themselves if I'm honest, because I thought they were quite good. Yeah, they they, they looked the quite game. good. They, yeah, they were. They had a pretty good game. They they made some decent chances against Celtic, but then they conceded two daft, two daft goals, and it was pretty much all Celtic from that point on. But as far as Celtic's performance goes, uh, well, they've definitely got a couple, at least a couple of gears to go up, and that's that can only be a good thing. Frightening for the rest of the league. Do you not think we saw that in the second half though? You know, Celtic's first half yeah. performance was was good, but in the second half, I just thought as the game went on, we just got better and better and better, and that's mm. actually borne out in the stats. You know, Celtic's XG in the first half was 1.3. The XG in the second half was 3.2. And, right, and okay. just you're looking at the stats and they're just going... I know, obviously, as the game gets won and the other teams, the, their mentality starts to change and Celtic can impress themselves in the game. But I just thought that, that second half of football, I said this in the reaction podcast, was probably the best Celtic have played all season. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the first half, getting that early goal away from home is vital. And then getting that the second goal before half time. Yeah, yeah, here we go. You can relax in the second half. And it's just about building up these partnerships. It's the first time that uh, Ayeti and Edward have played together. It's not going to gel instantly. And it's the first time the back three have played together. Also, Barkas is quite new. So there's new partnerships all over the pitch. So it just maybe took to the second half for everybody to know all right, here we go, what's my role? Changing back to this 3-5-2, maybe some things were tweaked at half-time by Lennon and Kennedy, just saying, just to improve things a wee bit, because we were a bit open. I did think throughout the whole game, we were very good at playing out from the back, from the goal kicks. I thought positionally we were very good. There was a couple of times we played out and made it all the way up the pitch. So I wonder if last week, maybe some players went back to Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe from the international break. So that's maybe the only thing we've worked on, but I'd like to see us a bit better in the defensive transition. When we lose the ball, I still felt we're a a wee bit open, but that's probably just because we've not had time to work on it. But if we can get this all together and there's players that can come in and out, it's going to be, as Stephen said, frightening for other teams. There was one very impressive moment of that in the first half where they played out from the back because Ross County were pressing extremely aggressively, really quickly, Mm -hmm. trying to get on top of the defence. They just played it out via Frimpong and all of a sudden Celtic were on the break. So I I was very impressed with that. When I say Ross County would probably be kicking themselves in the first half, I don't mean to imply that you know, they could have got anything from the game because ultimately it was a 5-0 defeat that they were on yeah. the end of. But I think a couple of better moments of concentration, they could have at least made it a contest for longer, whereas the gifts that Celtic got of the first two goals basically killed it. Another thing I was impressed with was obviously James Forrest playing out in the left-hand side isn't ideal. We really need a natural player out there, but I thought James Forrest did okay for playing there, not yeah. his natural position. But for the first goal... Uh, Forrest had the ball, Cal McGregor went on the outside of him, sort of overlapping him, which allowed Forrest to come inside, play the one-two with Edward and get the goal. So if he is going to play there short term, that worked fine there because as he came inside, we had the option of the width of McGregor outside and it sort of stretched Ross County because if you're playing 3-5-2, 
in attack for Celtic. It was the free at the back with Scott Brown sitting, the wide players getting wide, and then McGregor and the champ can go and support the two forwards. So in that, we need the wide players to stay wide. But if, if Forrest does come inside, it was good to see McGregor go on the outside, create that space for Forrest yeah. and Edward to come in, goes into the box, wins the penalty, and then Mr. Free steps up and slots it away. No problem, <laughs> nice, man. man. I think that was it a... is something we're going to have to go to the market for, though, for that left-hand side. I think it's definitely something we, we definitely need to look at because... As much as Forrest was okay there, I think all of the options now are okay options. Greg, it was much of a muchness with James Forrest and Greg Taylor. I don't think we lost anything defensively by playing Forrest instead of Taylor. Forrest is probably more willing to take players on, but it's always on the inside, and you're, you're right, that, that kind of makes a wee bit of room for McGregor. But I'd really, if the three-five-two is going to be a going concern, if it's going to be a favoured formation going forward, I think we definitely need a better option just on I, that left hand side I don't know so much I mean oh, James, no, no. look James Forrest is up see against the likes of the majority of the teams are going to come up against domestically I don't think James Forrest had that difficult a game Celtic he, I mean he spent most of his time the majority of the game he spent in the Ross County the Ross County half Frimpong as well he's got the pace and against the tougher opposition you know you're probably looking to have a bona fide left back in there and I don't think Greg Taylor's the answer but for the purposes of this formation the the quality of team that we came up against I'm not I'm not that I'm not that fussed with you James I think he's alright and which is what I mean though I think that you could have played Taylor and got almost the same performance out of him he will get forward it's not providing the width that I think ultimately we do you know think Forrest is more of a threat going forward than Taylor though yeah, yes, but again, are yeah. we just settling for James Forrest out in the the yeah. left wing back? That that's that's incredible. I think a couple of years ago we had Kieran Tierney, we had options, we had three players there last year. Now we're down to one guy, and we're having to put a right winger at left wing back. That's not good squad management, mm-hmm. and that's that doesn't work going forward. Because if it's not working one game, are you happy with bringing Greg Taylor on? No, you want mm-hmm. better in there. No, I know to- you're right, and and look. We've lost our left wing back. The oh, the best left wing back. We haven't in the lost. We have gained Be- before <laughs> before he left. Bowling goalie has managed to weasel his way into the Champions League. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. He's, he's fallen up the stairs, isn't he? He's, he's Aye, failing. He's failing up. That is incredible. I'm actually raging about that. Like, I was delighted to get rid of bowling goalie because it was an absolutely like comical lamentably disastrous signing from start to finish. That like, he was terrible, and I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Right, he was awful. Bullingoli. Uh, we saw about 30 games of him last season and that, that was enough to make my mind up. I don't want his career being rewritten to the point where I see if it wasn't for him getting on that plane, COVID, some player, so he was not. He, he was out of the team long before that as well. But see when I found out he was going to a, a Champions, like the, the Champions of Turkey and going to be playing the Champions League, I was furious. It just bit him. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't affect me in any way, but I was still raging about it. Uh, at least he's out of Aye, true. With bowling goalie leaving, you would expect you know Celtic want to bring one in. We did look at Aaron Hickey. Um, we discussed this on the other podcast that we've done, but Aaron Hickey was sort of told in the conversations, as we understand it with Celtic, that he would be coming in alongside a other left back, mm-hmm. and um, he'd be having to fight it out. He wouldn't be first choice, and, and nor would Greg Taylor be first choice, presumably, and if that's the case. So I think Celtic is a position Celtic are definitely looking at. Do you think it'd be weird to have a Celtic team without James Forrest? Because if we're going to play the three-five-two and you're taking Forrest out of the team entirely for a left wing-back, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It'd be it weird is. to see it. Um, but I said this... I know um, that's on... not football analysis. I know, <laughs> I know going saying it would no. be weird to see it isn't football analysis, but look... Weird, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think probably 
as much as I wouldn't like to see it, I think he probably just takes the place on the right and Frimpong plays less. I wouldn't like to see that because I think Frimpong is far better suited and a far better wing-back than James Forrest is. But I think Lennon being, being the Neil Lennon he is and his proclivities towards picking James Forrest no matter what, I think he would be he would still find a place in the team for him. Is this not what we want, but is this not if, say we do bring in a left wing-back, then you've got two options there on the right-hand side. You've got two options there. Look at the instant reaction at the weekend when we went to a back three. I thought Chris Fryer was really good. I thought Julian mm. was good. Why? Because there's competition now. They're not guaranteed yeah, yeah, yeah. their places. Again, Frimpong, if we get an left wing back, Forrest can go over there. El Hamid's there as well. We can slot in at right back or centre half. Up front, we've got what, three decent options now. Lee Griffiths coming back in midfield. Loads of options. Competition kills complacency. This is what we need. If James Forrest wasn't playing well before, who played instead of him? Nobody. If yeah. Greg Taylor wasn't playing well before, who played instead of him? Nobody. This is this is stopping now. We've got, we've got good players coming in now. Nobody can rest rest on their laurels or look to their laurels. Where's uh, where does this leave Mo Elianusi then? In this new formation, if James Forrest is playing left wing back, Mo Elianusi did make an appearance in the game. With about 20 minutes to go, he ended up playing centre forward in the game, not a natural position for him. So, is he another one then with the change of formation that he's got to think about? You know, where that fit in this team? I think he could fit in up front if we were, if somebody wasn't playing or we needed to rest somebody, or I think he could play in a number 10. I think away from home, you're better having Brown and two others, a sitter than two others. But I think if we're at home, say playing like this weekend, we'll be playing Livingston at home. I think you could play. And Cham and McGregor with Elianusi ahead of them, and it'd mm. be fine. I think there'd be enough defensive cover there with McGregor in the three centre halves. So there's look, it's something we've never had, and that's options. I think Elianusi's a good enough player that he can play number ten, he can play up front, or he can play out left. Let's talk about let's talk about Odson Edwards' technique on that penalty, though. <laughs> oh, a delightful finish. No Stephen's happy at all about that run up. Yeah, no, no, no happy at all. How can you not be happy about a run up that ended up in the back of a goal? End up because he's beginning. Victor Meldrum. That's why. <laughs> Victor, Victor who? Hmm. He's <laughs> Victor Meldrum. Hmm. <laughs> Two things there. Two things there. If I can just pause the podcast. Two things. One, there's one for the kids. Um, <laughs> and two, it's incorrect. Anyway, carry on, Victor Meldrum. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm obviously only joking, but that that Pogba style run up it just fills me with the absolute dread. As oh, soon as they, they, I know, I suppose. As soon as they start that kind of stuttering run up thing, I think, oh god, where's this going? But in fairness, it worked because they sold the keeper an absolute hot dog. Well, yeah, when I watched the the highlights back on a sports scene, they mentioned that he sent the keeper the wrong way. We didn't send the keeper anyway. The keeper just no. stood there. It just stood there, rooted to the spot. But it made me think of, uh, do you remember that time Pogba did it? And the stats came out after the game that it actually took him longer to run up and take a penalty than Usain Bolt running the 100 metres. He, <laughs> he spent more than 10 seconds running up to take a penalty. So I'm putting a stop to it right now. We do this properly. Do this properly, odds on. All it took was just one move for the keeper, though. It just, just that that slight hesitation, and it just I loved how it was basically a trundler. He just trundled no, it in at the back. Of it. It. This is this game is too easy for Odson Edward. <laughs> he does not. He he can. He's got the cigar out every single week now. Is uh, he's looking great again? It was good to get him back after he missed the previous game. But as well, the previous two games even, as well as that, his strike partner. I think they sort of worked well when 
as you said, uh, one of them dropped deep, the other stayed high, keeping Ross County's defence occupied, and Ayete again, not involved all the time, but another goal to his name, and see yeah, as soon as he, he starts to get match fit again, we've, we're building up slowly here, taking him off so he's ready for the midweek, but once he's match fit, flying and, and feeling better about himself, he's already mm. banging in the goals, so it could be incredible, it could be the, the Edward Dembele partnership we never got, <laughs> lads. A lot of chat about his match fitness, of course, but it is important to remember that he hasn't started a game since January. It's it's been a long time. He played in a defeat to West Brom in January, one of the very few starts he made for West Ham, so it's been a long time coming. I know he's been at the club for a few weeks now and probably training pretty intensively, but it is going to take a wee bit of time to get that sharpness back. However, what I would say is his mental acuity, his mental sharpness doesn't seem to have suffered a single bit because what I've gleaned from the performances I've seen of Albion Ayete, and again, this is his first start, is he doesn't need to ask twice to stick the ball in the back of the net, does he? He doesn't really. For example, this goal he scored against Ross County, it was a free kick, so the free kick comes in. It wasn't a great delivery, so it it kind of came in at a crowd of players and then fell. And my brain is still going... Right, well, what's hap- what's going to happen with the second phase here? There's going to be some sort of break. And all of it, the ball was already in the back of the net. Like the ball, he'd already scored before I'd really realised the ball had fallen. So his sharpness, I, I cannot fault at all. He seems to be one step ahead of, of everyone. The three goals he's scored so far were zero hesitation, just smashing the ball yeah. into the back of the net first time. I don't Gary know how... Gary 2.0. Oh, yeah, yes, I can buy it, yeah. Definitely. I don't know how you weren't clear on who scored, Stephen, because the camera work at Dingo <laughs> oh, Right, oh God, right, okay, we need to talk about this. <laughs> was who was, the, who was this. the, see, watching that game, let me just let me just say, credit to Roger Deakins there for uh, what, the, the camera work, or Wally Fister, or whoever was the director <laughs> of photography for Ross County TV, get them an award, because that was, that was, honestly... The worst football watching experience I think I've ever had. Mm. It was worse than a dodgy stream where we guys are bamming each other up in a live chat at the side of the stream. It was so bad. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know if you, I, I think they had one camera. It was filmed on a DSLR, which is basically what we would film any live thing or any v- vlog we did on. Hmm. It was. I, I know. Look, Ross County obviously don't have a full TV set up there. That they yeah. don't have that. How? How did you guys feel about it? I thought fifteen quid. I thought fifteen quid was steep, right? Mm. But then I thought to myself, they've got me over a barrel. No, but then I thought to myself, if you're going to watch the game anyway, you're going to have to pay for it in some, and it needs to be. And it's probably you know Ross County's payday for the season that game, really. Yeah, yeah. Or it's going to get they're backing on it. How did you feel about the the experience? And are you looking forward to any more of that as Celtic travel to these smaller grounds? We'll need to do it on Wednesday night for St Mirren. I think it's a whole two pound fifty cheaper. I think. 15 quid is a bit steep for a one-off match, but if it's guaranteed to not stutter or anything, I'll, I'll just pay it because I'd rather just watch the game with no no hesitations. But I think if they're going to do it, look, they've made their money now. They possibly made more money off that game than they would have a full stadium of people paying 25 quid a ticket because there hmm. might be so many more thousand people just paying for the stream. So it's payday for them. Start spending the money and getting some better gear in, lads. Come on. <laughs> I think that's now two sirens that have been included in this podcast, so make your own jokes about Patherpolis. Insert <laughs> Patherpolis joke here. Somebody's got a siren in the background. But yeah, the, the 15 quid I kind of balked at, uh, that, that good old tabloid word. Uh, the thing is, though, we've, we've spent months on this podcast now talking about how you know Scottish football is going to be in, very, in great difficulty. You know, everyone has survived so far coming through the, the crisis and all that, and the new normal, etc. TM. But 
that doesn't mean we need to bail them out by paying over the odds for for football games. I think fifteen quid was excessive. However, mm. I don't have a problem paying for it because I think ultimately, whether it's it's not going to be this season or the, maybe even the season after, but stuff like this is probably going to be the future and yeah. paying for things yeah. in, in these lines. I, I know a lot of people they don't like Sky, so they, they'll say things like, well, I'm no, I wouldn't put a penny into Sky, so I'll get a, I'll get a stream. So or I wouldn't pay 15 quid to watch it at Ross County TV. Right, fine, but we need to support the game in some way or other. And again, I'm not saying pay 15 quid a, a game for the entire season, because I think 15 is, is probably excessive for what we got. But ultimately, we all talk about what's going to be the new model going forward. Is it going to be a pay-per-view system? Or is it going to be a sort of SPFL TV thing? We should probably all get used to something like this happening in, in the future. If we want to break away from Sky, if we want to do that, if that's what, what the aim is, if we want to kind of get the best deal possible for our game here, then pay-per-view might not be it, but we should probably get used I, to the idea that something different is going, to, is going to come and this might be the start of it. So I didn't have, a, def- I didn't have a, an issue paying for it because it's tax deductible. They need to find a balance, so they can't be filming it on an iPhone 4S and taking 15 quid a skull off people. That's just not yeah. on at all. What well, about the sound as well, pre-match? For anyone who didn't see it, for anyone who didn't have the, the, the privilege of seeing it on Ross County TV, the sound. The sound was absolutely abysmal. It was as if they were Daleks or something like that. As another oh, reference so to the kids, are. but uh, it was underwater for basically the entire pre-match segment. And by the way, just on sound and the sounds of the sirens and everything you can hear in the background. Yes, it's COVID, and we're recording this podcast remotely. And I think what's <laughs> happening outside my window here um, is the end of the world. I can't yeah, see it like it because yeah, yeah. The, the the blinds are closed. But it definitely sounds like it. A bit of a dampener in the podcast, wouldn't it? If we stop recording this and then put it out, then absolutely nobody because the world is in absolute disarray. Oh, see, if the numbers, like see, if the, see if the numbers took a hit because I don't know Thanos clicked his fingers or something <laughs> that would uh, that would absolutely devastate me. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
let's let's get back to the football. Let's talk about the man of the moment. Let's talk about Shane Duffy. Before every game, we are live on Patreon, video live, actual video, doing the live preview show. And I said, it's written in the stars. Shane Duffy's definitely going to score on his Celtic debut, and that's what the big guy done. Yep. And he did. And did you put your money where your mouth is? <laughs> what a what a build up for me. What a bad build that up. It was that. It was like the bub- bubbling pot. It was so effervescent. And Melly just popped them all in right there. Yep. Did you put your money where your mouth is? Yes, mate. I did. I put a five on go. it, and I got twenty-one pounds back because. Do you know what I've noticed about the odds in the bookies, and this is why I don't really gamble an awful lot as well. Um, Shane Duffy was only twelve to one, Stephen, to score first. Aye. Now, your father-in-law and my dad grew up together and yeah, their, yeah. their recurring bet was always like Glenn Leuven's to score first or Stephen McManus to score first or some central mm. defender to score first because the odds were like 33 to 1. Um, yeah. And nowadays, because of inflation and the economic crisis of 2008, I'm only getting 12 to 1 on a central defender to score first. Um, Is it the credit just another way that the, Remember that? Remember and, the, that part? and the boomers have got our... Uh, <laughs> boomers are criticising us. Um, but, Shane Duffy led Celtic in the number and percentage one of aerial duels. He won five out of six aerial duels and obviously one hmm. of those was knocking that ball in the back of the net. The big strong man, Melly, won the header. Goal. Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, throughout the game, even when it came up anywhere near him, he would he'd go through the guy and win the ball fairly and head it away, something we've been crying out for. And when you see the goal back, it's... I'm not. I've not got any worries about Shane Duffy heading on target. Uh, I think Julian's a bit wayward with his headers uh, from corners. Sometimes I'm just worried about can we get the good delivery in, and I think it's something we have been working on because there was a few variations for corners, mm. but with this one, we had Ayer going to the front post, Julian coming in the middle, and then Duffy coming in from the back post right into the centre. And when you watch the Celtic unique angle, you can hear Duffy just clearing everybody, saying, "This is mine." <laughs> batters it into the net and as he's off running celebrating from the unique angle you can see a few players crowd round him but Julian's then just picking himself off the ground and dusting himself <laughs> off because Duffy's came through the back of him and smashed in it's brilliant to see that's what we've been crying out for a guy that's going to win his headers when they come up I said it on Saturday after the game I'd have loved to have seen if Lyndon Dykes stayed at Livingston how Duffy would deal with Lyndon Dykes right, next season snuck out the back him. door didn't he Dykes yeah. snuck off we slug, slug at it but anyway <laughs> eh, it was great to see him getting on the score sheet you said it was written in the stars sometimes you think Ugh, nah it's just just nonsense but everybody felt it there was a lot of people had bets on him and, and he came up with the goods he was tremendous throughout and just to seal it with the goal was great clean sheet and a goal in your Celtic debut it doesn't get much better than that it's been a great week for him there's, there's yep. no doubt about that he, he oh he scored a, for Ireland yeah, as he, well he scored a last minute equaliser for Ireland when he he pulled the captain's armband on in the absence of Seamus Coleman so a, an incredibly good week not to mention sealing the deal to, to go to his boyhood club and then to get a goal in his debut it's been it's been quite a week for him and I topped off the man of the match of course yes. I'm not sh- not so sure about mm. that but we, we do lean towards Debutants in the the man of the matches. Celtic's history is littered with debutants getting the the man of the match. But I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. I think he was solid. My absolute favourite part of that goal, though, Melly, you've already mentioned him, Julian. Stephen Stephen Duffy scores that. Julian claims for a foul after Duffy has scored. <laughs> Duffy is wheeling away to celebrate, and I, I swear, go back and see it. He turns to the ref and goes, "Hey." as if he's been fouled because Duffy has basically cleaned him out on the way to the the goal. How what? 
what happened here was Duffy decided to score that goal. Yeah. And there was yeah. nothing getting in the way of him. Right? It's like, I am going to score this goal and nothing's getting in the way. And you'd be like, oh, oi, Shane, what about the, the four players between you and the ball? I've kind of already made my mind up. So I'm <laughs> They just... don't exist to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, in all seriousness, very few... If the delivery's right, I agree with Melly. If the delivery's right, very few Scottish defences are going to be able to deal with that. How do you stop that? Because we've spoken before, this this guy is forged in the fires of the, the English Premier League and all that. He, he's seen it and done it all. He's played against very physical players, some of the best players in the world. How do you stop that? How do you get in the way of a Shane Duffy train? The, <laughs> train Duffy, I, I should probably have said that. Train this, Duffy, this, there we <laughs> go, choo-choo. That's heading towards the, the ball. When he's cleaning out his own defenders... His own players, rather, his own teammates. What chance have you got? What defence can stand up against that? We'll probably find out, but I suppose you're right, Melly. The, the delivery's got to be spot on here. That's key. Christopher Iyer got himself in the score sheet as well. I thought he was terrific in that game, and I thought he was given, with Duffy there, a bit more freedom to go marauding, which is fine, because we've got Duffy and, and Brown happy to sit back, mm. and the numbers the numbers are there. If Iyer does lose the ball, you feel a bit more comfortable doing that. Yeah, again, it's just the the standards have been raised by Duffy. Finally, we've got somebody, as you spoke about, Julian and Ayer are quite similar. But Duffy's that leader back there. He's commanding. He's talking through the game. These two guys haven't really had that in their time at Celtic. Somebody beside them talking them through the game. So it's good to see Ayer. It's given him a bit more freedom to get forward. And I think him and Julian both took notice of Duffy coming in and said, look, we need to raise our games here again position in this team isn't settled if Celtic drop to a back four for any game one of them's going to drop out because it's not going to be Duffy so mm-hmm. they need to put their name in the hat to say no it can't be me I have done brilliant topped off with his goal good play by Encham as well who I thought improved throughout the game a few silly passes at the start yeah dodgy moments yeah but the good work to get it across and I yeah, still in there gets the goal so goals from the strikers goals from the centre half she can't complain uh, Christopher Ayer's contribution was tremendous all over the pitch. He had the most progressive passes, most passes at the final third, um, highest accuracy as well. He was just, he, he was in his element. I feel like yeah, he was in his yeah. element. Ayer unleashed there. A highest <laughs> XG, high, highest XG in the game as well. Oof. Yeah, impressive in those stats. I, had, I have to admit, Ayer hadn't really stood out to me during the game because I was more focused on guys like guys like Duffy, and I wanted to really see how Cham got on as well because we've all been clamouring from to get him in the team more regularly. And I, I agree with Melly. I think he had a, a bit of a shocker to start with. He had a couple of really loose passes, but grew into it and had at least one or two telling contributions towards the end, most notably for, for Ayer's goal, actually. I think he was brilliant for that. I, I'd like to give um, Frimpong a bit of credit as well because I think he had an excellent game. I think we maybe sometimes forget about Frimpong's contributions because he's just so... He's very reliable. I've, I've spoken very recently in a couple of podcasts ago, I think maybe about how he's, he's a huge impact off the bench whenever he comes on. I think it was against um, Ferenc Varos. He came on and just started beating players and, and gave us something we didn't have previously. But I think he's really starting to grow into his own as a, a defender. He's very good at recovering positions. Even if he gets yeah. beaten, he's good at getting back and using that speed of his to, to good use. It's not really just about... You know, aimlessly bombing forward as you can get with some like ridiculously fast players on on that side, Alan Hutton. But um, it's not it's not just about like being able to bomb forward. It's about uh, being able to recover and being able to defend. And Frimpong looks like he's starting to grow into that a bit. Yeah, I think the right wing back position is absolutely ideal for him. We spoke about it recently. It gives him that wee bit more more option to go forward. I think with Frimpong, 
the thing that pleased me the most is there was a couple of times where he did everything right apart from just that final ball and it wasn't it wasn't as if he's bad at it he just didn't pick the right ball or the right moment to do it but see when he gets that he's going to be frightening for Celtic because mm. that will come it's just to the look at these sirens man unbelievable man it will come because he's that good a player he's improving all the time I thought he was great I also thought into the second half I thought Scott Brown was ideal He'd been, we've maybe had one or two things to say about him this season. Putting it yeah, mildly, I thought he was really good. But coming into that second half, the amount of times he broke up play, just kept it simple, kept it ticking over, and just sat in front of that defence and mopped up. He was brilliant. See, on Brown, I think, yeah, we, we have spoken an awful lot about him recently, even making the joke that we, we have a, a segment, um, Brown Noise, or whatever we've been calling it. Um, Brown Town. What I would say about Brown's performance is, yeah, he was really good in the second half. But that's what he's going to be good at going forward. He's still going to be a, a very useful player. My issue with it all along has been that I don't think he needs to play 90 minutes all the time. He doesn't need to play every minute of every single game. I think that's excessive. But he is going to be useful. I think he, he can have a huge role to play late on in games, whether that's off the bench on occasion. I think I think he still has that that role to play. I just my, my only issue with it has been that he's probably playing a little bit too much not that he doesn't still have a role to play and a, a huge influence over these games and I think I think what you're saying Stephen might actually be the manager's thoughts because that's the third time this season in this game that, that Scott Brown's been subbed and it's early doors in the season it's not yeah. often you see Scott Brown coming off is it Melly? It's not and look we've got a game during the week we've got another one at the weekend so why not the game was comfortably won we've got plenty of players on the bench we got to see two players make their debut because that is the mm. first appearance from Ismail Sorrow we have seen forgetting that that he has not played a minute for us yet and it was <laughs> good to see Turnbull we changed the whole midfield three and the front two that this five subs allows us to do that and we still look decent after that it's a good way to keep things fresh because we have got games coming up we want to get as many players game time as we can and if you're four three four nil up away from home ideal time to do that and get these guys game time I can picture a scenario in which Scott Brown, if he hasn't started the game, and, and we're not we're not at that stage yet, if he hasn't started the game, what would you rather have? Scott Brown maybe running out of steam after 75 minutes or so, or a Scott Brown who's fresh and fit and ready to go with 25 minutes to go in a game to, to close out? It entirely depends on the game. It entirely depends on the circumstances and the opposition, of course, but I'm talking about maybe like a tough game where you've maybe started the game looking to move the ball a wee bit quicker, but then close it out. Scott Brown is perfect for that. And that, that was born out in his second half. I know he didn't come off the bench, but he grew into it in the, in the second half. I think that I could envisage a scenario where that might happen at some point this season. I suppose it just depends the way the manager looks at it. He might look at it like, you know, I'm more likely to be in a winning position come 70 minutes with Scott Brown on the pitch, and then yeah. I can take him off yeah. rather Again, than the way about. But absolutely totally depends, yeah. Just the addition of Duffy, of Duffy as well allows that leadership. He's got mm, that. Yeah. So maybe we don't need to play Scott Brown every game because we can just do that with Duffy. But you never know. Joe's got the armband towards the end of the game. So there's leaders mm, all over the right. pitch now. Mel, you noted that Celtic changed the five substitutes they were. I'd completely forgotten we were allowed five substitutes and I was mildly raging on the Discord when I, I didn't think Turnbull was going to get on the pitch. But, you know, that, I just completely forgot about that. We got Patrick Lamala. Um, hmm. He came on and missed his customary sitter. I'm not <laughs> going to give the boy too too much of a hard time because he, scored, he ended up getting on the score sheet and you could see in his face. Even when he took that second goal, that is, that's a player who just needs confidence, I think. Yes, yeah. and the, all the, the conversations setup. aside about his ability, yeah. just place that aside. Let's let's talk about the, the confidence that that boy is just needing 
some confidence and he needs games and a bit of confidence in his own ability well the sitter you know that's that's a good example because i think a yeti in the same position smashes it in first time that that's what a yeti does and that, that's a confident striker i think that's exactly what clamella should have done however he's not he doesn't appear the most confident there was a, a game very recently he was clean through and and basically there was he didn't look for a single second like scoring he just hit the keeper right I think it is hugely confidence um, based with with Klamala. He scored his goal really well, but I think the the sitter just I, I don't think it was that bad. But I wouldn't I wouldn't really criticize him too much for missing it. I think it was good defending, but what I would say is that his hesitant hesitancy in getting the shot off allowed the defender to get back on the line and therefore Klamala just hit the defender with the ball, whereas they should have taken it first time. But I think like, see if Kamala scores ten goals this season, and he's already on the way. He's already got two. That's a success for me. Like if he if he comes in yeah, as, sure, as like yeah. a third choice, maybe even fourth, depending on what what the hell happens with Griffiths. If he gets eight to ten goals this season, I'm happy with that. That that's a decent contribution for a guy in his his position and his his place in the squad. Do you know how I thought I had a really good game, Barkas, and I thought he needed yeah. that. I, I thought the guy I thought the guy needed that game because there was rumblings, questions were starting to get asked. Even myself, I was looking at him going, is this guy, you know, he's definitely not the commanding presence of Fraser Foster. He's probably or definitely at fault for, or he's carrying some of the blame for the second Ferenc Varos goal. Mm. But some of his saves against Ross County were terrific. Some of the reflex saves were really, really good. And some of his passing actually out for the back was great as well. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of goes towards what I was saying earlier, um, much earlier about how Ross County had a, quite a good game. Otherwise, if it wasn't for all the losing they did, they might have won. Um, <laughs> they, they actually made some chances and Barkas was equal to them. They, he, he pulled off a, several good saves. The only one that, that had him beaten was the free kick late on that came back off the post. Yeah, I thought it was good as well. I thought the the things that I was really impressed with was his handling, his shot stopping, the things you want well, Neil Lennon as well wants from his keep goalkeeper. Keeping out of the net, Melly. Keeping out of the net. Yep. That's what we don't doing. want another knuckleball de Vries in there. We've got a keeper <laughs> who saves the ball and every, the only things that maybe can be improved on so far is his communication and his command in his area, but that will come with playing play more games, settling in and having a settled defence in front of him. So as soon as all these partnerships and work all over the pitch, we'll, we'll start to look better. And Barkas had his best game so far. Celtic have next two games, Celtic got St Mirren away and Livingston on Saturday with bowling goalie out of the picture. If Celtic win those two games, that'll wipe the bowling goalie blemish off of the record we go top of the league for, for a, a matter of hours. I thought yeah, you were going to say, now that bowling goalie's out of the picture, we have new COVID superstars and it is St Mirren who are the next opponents to <laughs> oh, Celtic. Aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, they've written their names into the, the COVID book as well. It's a good opportunity for Celtic. St Mirren, they were beaten by Hibs uh, the weekend quite handily at home as well. So Celtic should go there. We should win. And then Livingston next week without Lyndon Dykes again it should be a win putting the pressure on Rangers get Tony Stokes up front oh aye old Stokes he back he's shooting for <laughs> corners and everything but well, uh, why we... are you laughing Stephen <laughs> Rangers play Hibs as well on Sunday Tony Stokes <laughs> Rangers play Hibs on Sunday so that'll be the, the toughest test yet for either Celtic or Rangers this season so uh, hopefully they can do something there but I wouldn't hang my hat on it uh, you don't expect too much for those two teams between them they've only won three games this season Livingston mm. have only won one St Mirren have won one home and one away so that's it Celtic 5 Ross County nil. now regular listeners to the podcast will know that every season as the season kicks off we do our predictions for the season which is Young Player of the Year Player of the Year and we also have our now famous bold predictions where we, we go around the table 
Yeah, we go around the table and we make three or four or however many, usually three, wild card predictions that are going to play out the rest of the season. And yes, we do revisit them at the end. So I'm going to go around the guys just now. I want to know who is your going to be young player of the year? I've changed mine. I've written it down. I've written one down. Ah. And at the last minute, I've changed. I think it's going to be Turnbull. I think it's going to be David Turnbull. I think he's going to explode onto the scene and be an absolute star. I mean, I was wildly wrong last season, but I think with these predictions, the bolder the better. Why not? Mm. Uh, I said Ewan Henderson last season. <laughs> that, didn't, yeah. that didn't work out for me. So I'm going to go David Turnbull. Sorry, Jeremy. I'm scoring your name out. I'm putting in David Turnbull. Well, uh, I don't, I, you know, Stephen, you've got, if you want to win this game, right, you've got to, going to have to play the stats. You're going to have to play the room. And if you're telling me the guys at the SPFL are going to sit and not award David Turnbull, a Scottish born and bred footballer, <laughs> the young player of the year, over Jeremy Frimpong. Yeah. Um, if it came down to a toss up between the two of them, <laughs> David Turnbull is going to win it every every day of the week. Um, Melly, young player of the year for you? I'm just going simple. I'm going Jeremy Frimpong. Going to continue on for the left off last season. I, I'm going to go Jeremy Frimpong as well. And I appreciate what you're saying, Stephen, about David Turnbull, and I think he will be absolutely tremendous for us. I think Turnbull came in after the Ferenc Farros defeat and between Shane Duffy arriving, and I think people are sleeping on that Turnbull, mm, sleeping yeah. on that Turnbull transfer a wee bit. I, he I couldn't think have Turnbull's come in at a worse time. He couldn't have come yeah, in under a poor, bigger cloud. Yeah, poor guy, but I think uh, I, I think he's going to be tremendous for us, but I just love Jeremy Frimpong, and I think yeah. he's going to be the player of the year. So that's it, right? So two votes for Jeremy Fangpong for uh, Scottish Young Player of the Year. One vote for David Turbo. I like that. It's a strong recommendation, David Turbo there. Who is going to win Player of the Year? Again, somewhat controversially, I'm going to go mm. Callum McGregor. We're going to go Callum McGregor. I think he's due one. I think he's going to play every single game, as we know he does. I think he's going to play, okay. hopefully, with a bit of success. He's uh, coming Celtic's way this season. He'll play in the region of 50-55, maybe even more games. I think it's just his thing. I think he's going to come into his own fully as a player. He's getting to that age where we're talking about probably entering his peak years. I think I think Callum McGregor's going to boss it this season. He, he maybe needs to get more goals to be considered for Player of the Year because that, that mm. you know, like it or not, that's it does play into things. I know Scott Brown has won it in the past, having never scored a goal. Then he was he the first guy to win Player of the Year without having scored in the season or something. Yes. I think if Callum McGregor can get on the score sheet maybe six or seven times. Particularly towards awards season, uh, I think he, I think he'll win it. Oh, I'm, I'm swaying, lads. I'm swaying. <laughs> it's heart overhead here. Would I go for pick one for me? Odson Edward. No heart overhead. Heart would head. I pick heart ahead, Jamie? Oh right, uh, go with your heart, Melly. Shane Duffy. Oh, of the year. comes in. Of the year, Shane Duffy. Slots in seamlessly oh. and Celtic. Rock solid defence, oh. keep it going. When was the last defender that won Player of the Year, Jamie? Buckle. Chuckles Mulgrew, probably, oh. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Chuckles. Yeah, maybe Shane, wrong, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to defeat my bold prediction here. Um, I'm going to defeat this prediction with my bold prediction in a minute. But my Player of the Year is obviously going to be Odson Edward. Okay, right. there's no stopping the guy. He's reached that level now yeah. where it's just far too easy for him, and you see it already. You see yeah. it already. So there's no question that... So Arsenal's player of the year, odds on Edward. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Lacazette replacement. Um, yeah, odds on Edward, player of the year. So so we've got three there. We've got odds on Edward, McGregor yeah. and Shane Duffy for player of the year. Let's move on to the bold predictions. And I'm going to let you all know, just before we begin, some of mine are pretty heated. <laughs> okay, right, so... That's yeah, what it's yeah, all about. Yeah. This is what they've been waiting for, the listeners. Right. This, this is the needle. This is the wee dig to the ribs for the listeners, in my yeah. point of view. So, Stephen. Yeah, these are the wild cards. The season. The wild How cards. many this do you could, have? Uh, I've got 
three, and I might just make some up off of it as I'm talking. <laughs> okay, go for okay. it. Okay, number one, Celtic to make an arse of a chance to clinch the league away from home, but then to win it at home in the very next game. Oh, so right at the end of the season. Channel 98. Yes, they're going to do a 98. They're going to pass up an opportunity to win it away from home and then clinch it in the very next mm. game. So everyone will be ready. Party's going to happen away from home, hopefully with fans back in the stadium. They're going to let it down, but then it's going to be a big party back at Celtic Park. That's party number one. at Parkers. Party at Parkers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine we called oh. the episode that. We'd get cancelled <laughs> oh, so geez. hard. Man. Not worth it. Okay. Get a load of this one. This is bold. Right, go for it. A Yeti to outscore Edward and oh. it's a double dinner. A Yeti to outscore Edward and <laughs> can barely say this with a straight face. Duffy to outscore Forrest. Oh. Oh, right, okay. So Duffy to get bold? ten or more. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. right okay, I yeah, I can see that. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in I'll throw in a wee a wee spin off of that as well. Duffy to definitely score against Rangers at some point. Hopefully at Ibrox oh. as well. That's not so bold. I can definitely see that happening. Another one. Steven Gerrard to win five Manager of the Month awards. <laughs> win five of them, but not Manager of the Year. Defying all logic, he's going to win. He's going to rack up the Manager of the Month awards, but one not day. win Manager of the Year. Yeah, oh, he's already got one, of course, yeah. So those are my bold predictions for the season. Right. Melee, let's hear your bold predictions. Bold prediction one is Edward and Ayeti will get 53 goals between them. 53. Oh, oh. I'm making that Keir Starmer face. <laughs> you know, the one that's been <laughs> named recently. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Bold prediction two, Clamalla and Sorrow will be loaned out in January. No need for them. Oh, right. Is that bold, right? I think that's pretty vanilla. And the boldest of them all. Brendan Rodgers will be back at Celtic Park this season <laughs> in one form or another. Oh, 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 right, okay. Goodness me, I know fell off my right. chair. Europa League, right, mate. Okay. It's happening. <laughs> right. Oh, some topping that, Jamie. Honey, you go. There's two negatives and one positive oh. here, right? Negative number, I'm going to do a net positive sandwich. Negative okay. number one. No Celtic player or manager will win player, young player or manager of the year. <laughs> right. Right. And I can give you the names. So, did the Celtic not win the league then? You can draw your own conclusions. Okay, right, okay. However, okay, what yeah. I will say is, what I will say is, if Celtic do win the league, right, they could maybe appease another team by awarding them everything else <laughs> right. but the league. Okay, right? I got you. Yeah. So no Celtic to win, not to win manager, player or young player of the year. No Celtic <laughs> member of staff to win it. Bold prediction number two. Odson Edward will have his highest scoring year this year. Oof, right, so what did he get last season? 28, I think it was, and that was mm. with the truncated season as well, 28. So, oh, that, I this can see This will be it. Odson Edward's highest scoring year this year. Pretty vanilla, but on you go. Oh, listen to him. <laughs> oh, right, listen to her. Listen the to needle scene. starts. Okay. Our best player uh, okay. to get him well, most here's goals, one. Guy. Here's the final one. You may recognise this. Neil Lennon's last season as Celtic manager. Okay, mm. right. No need to delve too deeply into that. We'll just see see how it crumbles. Come, come how what it may. Crumbles come what may. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, if we win the league, which I'm, I'm confident we can do, then it makes sense for Neil Lennon to say, look, boys, I missed a 10 in a row, right? I'm right off into the sunset and whatever. Him and Pedro, and him and Peter holding yeah. hands, skipping off into the, into the distance. <laughs> exactly, right the end of an era, the end of, like, Butch Cassidy and Sundance, right? <laughs> That's it. However... If the worst and unthinkable does happen, there's no way you can stay on. So you could say that's not particularly bold, but there's my bold prediction. No Celtic okay. player to win or manager to win any of the end of season awards. Odds and Edward to have his highest scoring season and Neil Lennon's last year as Celtic manager. 
Okay, it is time now to draw the winner of our review of the week. If you've made it to the end of this, frankly, enormous podcast, it <laughs> looks like it's going to be a huge one again. Um, we are giving a award, obviously, for the best review, five-star review we've received this week. And Stephen, could you please do the honours? Yeah, I quite like this one. It's from MC Hammer 1967 Kevin McGee. <laughs> he says, if Samaras on his day was a podcast, short and to the point, uh, I'm assuming that he means unplayable. Uh, but I don't know if oh, in podcast terms yeah. that's very good. Yeah, it's, it's miss, I can't play this. <laughs> but anyway, it wins the badge anyway. Listen, guys, last week we put out a terrific podcast on the flagship feed with Chris Sutton. Um, covered a, a whole load of topics you should really go and check it out. It's well beyond the old I played for Celtic stuff. It's really good. And we go into some areas that I'd, I'd never heard Chris discuss yeah. before. And one of those was dementia and the decline of his father in dementia. Um, you'll see on Twitter, on our Twitter, we'll tweet it out again, that Chris Sutton's son is running the London Marathon and he's trying to raise £2,000. That's all he's trying to raise for the Alzheimer's Society. Um, and we're trying to get that up for him. We're trying, to, we're trying to get him to hit the target. And what we're going to do is if you leave a donation and tag 20 Minute Tims in that donation or write 20 MT on the donation. We've got a couple of signed books from Chris himself and we're going to pick a winner at that. But we're just trying yeah. to help the guy raise some money on that one. Yeah, £2,000. I think um, they're already some way to, to achieving that yeah. goal. But £2,000 is, in the grand scheme of things, with the amount of people who listen to this podcast, absolutely yeah. nothing. We can get there. We're I've, I've donated. We're going to donate as a podcast we've, as we, well. Yes, yeah. to clarify, we've all donated as yeah, the podcast um, as well. We put our money where our mouth is and we're just, we're just trying to help the guy out. So Whatever you can afford, it's obviously a, a great cause. Um, if that's £5, if it's if it's whatever whatever you feel yeah, um, no limit is, at all. is appropriate, yeah, just, uh, you donate what you want. Um, there, there is not like the more you donate, the better a chance you have of winning. There's nothing nah, like nah, that nah. at all. It's simply just a donation, whatever you feel you can afford. Quite and do you know what even if you don't win the signed copy of Chris Sutton's new book you're a winner anyway because you've supported a, a truly great cause which is you've done a nice thing yeah exactly everyone wins in this this scenario and if you have listened to last week's podcast with Chris Sutton as you said Jamie it's, it's clearly a cause that is very important to, to the Sutton family so we are trying to do our bit to, to help raise raise awareness of what uh, George Sutton is doing. He's running the London Marathon, isn't he, for, for Alzheimer's. Mm. So, yes, so we'll, we'll tweet it out. So if you could, if you could please um, donate to that and enter the draw, that would be most grateful of that. One final thing before we go, it was our birthday uh, and during the international break, that is the podcast now five years old. Can you believe it, folks? Mm. People have been listening to this for five whole years, but we don't, we don't often... We've been often, doing it for five years. Yeah, we've <laughs> uh, we don't often take the opportunity, we don't get all serious, but uh, it's really only the special occasions where we take the opportunity to say thanks to, to everyone who mm, keeps this yeah. train rolling, keeps this, this foul jamboree on the air for five years. But, you know, the, the joke we make every time it's our birthday, first day we had two downloads, which means at least one person on this podcast didn't bother their arse listening to it. So <laughs> to have developed from that to something that is has been listened to in well over a hundred countries, well over a million times is a source of pride for us. So thank you to everyone who has contributed to that, whether you support us on Patreon, whether it's as much as a retweet or a review, as we've been talking about this genuine thanks to everyone who has contributed in some way to this, this trainer rolling. And on that, we shall wrap up this enormous, enormous episode. Honestly, see, thanks for all the other stuff. Thanks just for, for surviving this long to the end of the <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, we really, really yeah. appreciate <laughs> We'd really, really appreciate it. Melly, would you like to sign off with something snappy and witty and quick? Just videos, folks. And Stephen, would you like to sign off with something snappy and witty and quick? Yeah, Melly, Melly has now become the sort of the fast show of the podcast world. It used to be quite good, but now it's really just a string of catchphrases. So <laughs> th thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Yeah.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 